Greetings, Blazer Nation, and welcome to the UAB Collat Fan Podcast, your premier bi-monthly podcast for information on finance, accounting, and money. Brought to you by the Collat School of Business's UAB Department of Accounting and Finance and the Reading Institute for Financial Education. So, without further ado, welcome to today's episode. Greetings and welcome to yet another episode of the Collat Fam podcast here at UAB. I am your co-host, Savante Metcalf, and I am a finance instructor here at the Collat School of Business. And I'm your other co-host, Marina Messina, visiting instructor of accounting here in the Collat School of Business. And so today at Collat Fam, we have a very near and dear member of the Collat family, uh, Minatu Moomin. She is an alumna of the UAB Collat School of Business. Uh, she obtained her bachelor's and also uh, her master's degree, rather her bachelor's in accounting uh, from Collat, and then also her bachelor's in finance from Collat School of Business as well, uh, and then went on to obtain her master's of accountancy from the Collat School of Business here at UAB. Uh, following her time here at Collat, Manatu joined EY uh, as a part of their assurance group and has since uh, moved on to become a manager of their strategy and transactions division. Uh, and she is also a holder of her CPA and CFA, uh, that is Certified Public Accountant and also Chartered Financial Analyst. So we are very, very glad to have Manatu with us today on the pack, on the podcast. Thank you, Samante. I'm very excited to be here. So let's get started. Um, so Manatu, when you started out as a student here at UAB, did you know that you wanted to end up in New York City, working for a big four firm. Kind of how did you get there? I think growing up in South Africa, um, majority of us usually think about going into some form of accounting or finance um, if we're in the business field. So for me, always since high school, I knew I wanted to go into accounting. Um, and then when I started at UAB, one of the classes I had to take as part of my bachelor's in accountancy was also a finance class. And I absolutely loved that finance class. Um, and I thought, okay, I need to do more of this. And so I went to go talk to my counselors and they actually said it will only add about five to six more classes if I want to double major in both accounting and finance. And so that's where my interest in finance started and my journey on the finance route. Um, and then regarding with New York, I yeah, that was something I've always wanted since I was probably 10 years old. I remember going to my dad and just saying, I love New York City. I want to live in New York City and just dreaming about it probably every year and having it part of my 10-year plan. <laughs> um, so I think for me, the benefit to get to New York City from Birmingham was probably... And then also just being an international student, you do typically try to aim at one of the bigger firms because they are a little bit more flexible when it comes to sponsoring our work visas. Um, but yeah, so that's in a nutshell how accounting, finance, and New York... Um, all happened over the last few years. Being a student, what was the one of the biggest challenges you faced, I guess, entering the workforce, making that transition from student to actually working with EY? Yeah. Um, 
I have to say UAB made it really easy for me, um, and I'm not, not saying that. <laughs> um, back home, the way you get it is you finish your four-year degree or three years, and then you start knocking on all the offices, and you start saying, hi, I just graduated, work here, and then hope that you get an interview. Um, so that's what was going to happen when I went to America. But what actually happened is I was just sitting, even in sophomore year, I was just sitting in one of my accounting classes, and someone came to our class and said that there's a, um, I think, meet the firms, we called it back then, um, where all, all these different firms within Birmingham came to our campus, and you just show up and you go from table to table and you share your resume. And I was very surprised that they came to our class because we're only sophomores. So I thought, okay, I have nothing to lose. And I went to meet the firm's event. I think I probably put on black jeans and a black T-shirt. I really <laughs> don't even think I had a suit at that time. And I, I showed up and I asked a few dumb questions. And I, yeah, I even asked them because at that point I was very interested in fashion. So I asked all of them, do you have any fashion clients? <laughs> and I'll remember, never forget the lady telling me, which I won't even try to mimic, but she just told me, girl, you're in Birmingham, Alabama. We have hospitals, we have universities, but fashion is really just not one interest that we're, um, industry that we're focused on. And so I realized, okay, I should probably do a little bit more research before I approach these firms. But from that day on, my relationship with these firms slowly started to develop. Um, and my develop, one of them was actually EY. And so they had something called a super day. So that's where they would have students who are sophomore and juniors come to their office just and they interview us. But it's more for meet other students from other universities. Um, and so I was fortunate enough. I had to go through an interview process, but I was fortunate enough to get that opportunity um, at EY and maybe one or two other firms. Um, and then the same thing. I was only junior, but I went back to that meet the firms. And by then, I recognized most of their faces and they... Um, majority of them recognized me as well. And so then they had a leadership event. So that's where it's a three-day event. Um, and I applied for that, went through the interview process, and actually got that as well. Um, so for juniors um, who are not ready to do internship, we were able to do this kind of leadership event. Um, um, so, yeah, I think starting early, building those relationships early is transition from college into financial um, or, I guess, full-time job. Wow, so it sounds like you really went through and took advantage of uh, essentially different levels of contact. So you initially started out this process your sophomore year? Yes, that's right. So it's very early on, and it's, they don't expect you to know anything, so, which is quite nice. They really just build a relationship, so they just want to kind of get a feel, is there any chem chemistry between them and me? So for me, I really went out and see, okay, which firms do I have the most chemistry with? Because um, I always think it goes both ways. It's not just them interviewing me, it's also me interviewing them. Um, so yeah, I think it just started by building that chemistry, building it over the years, and then them also obviously wanting me to keep my grades up. Um, so when you left UAB, graduated, and finally started out, what was the coolest engagement that you got to work on? Because, you know, there's so many things, and... People always, you know, wonder exactly what it's like once you get out there in the real world. So what was the coolest engagement that you got to work on? Yeah, um, I might have to fast forward a little bit to more recent deals, but just to kind of give you a little bit more background, I started out, like Savante said in the beginning, um, I started out in EY's assurance practice. So that's in our audit department is how other people also know it of. And I focused mostly in the banking industry. Um, and so I worked on all the big banks that you're probably familiar with. And it was interesting because 
banking is universal. It's in all countries worldwide way for me to get the basics. Um, but I always knew I wanted to get back into finance. Accounting is great if you want to start a career because it gives you kind of the business language and you can understand financial statements as you read through them. But for me personally, um, I'm more of a risk averse type of person. I love where the action is and the valuation and <laughs> but um, and accounting is a little bit more controlled and, and really risk management. And so I knew getting into finance that way, I will really, really um, enjoy, I guess, what I do a little bit more. And so one of my more recent deals um, that I very exciting was a talent management company. And um, it's basically where the company manages talent. And so in order for me to understand the business better, I would need to know what their talent, so their top 10 actors and actresses and singers are going to do in the next three years. <laughs> so it was really fun going through, and you guys will know all top 10 of them, um, just asking the question, what is this person going to do in the next three years? And, oh, okay, so good to know that series is going to continue. Um, or, oh, wait, you're not going to continue your relationship with this actor? And then asking why, because this will obviously decrease the income going forward. <laughs> and so that was really fun, getting some juicy details um, besides what I typically get on my job. Did you get any spoiler alerts about any <laughs> ongoing series that we need to know about? Definitely. Okay, okay. Well, we won't. We won't. Okay, okay. Well, we won't. Yeah. We, we, we won't try to pry it out of you this time around. So it sounds yeah, like. <laughs> so it sounds like, as a manager of strategy and transactions, that y you get to work in various different industries and fields. So could you kind of summarize what does your work group actually do in strategy and transactions for whatever kind of industry or company you're working with? Yeah, yeah, it's a great question, and it's something I, I really enjoy about my job at the moment. Um, so just to give a little bit of overview of what it is, strategy and transactions is really a big umbrella at EY, and I work within that umbrella. I work in a department called transaction due diligence. And so what that means is when our client wants to purchase another company or our client wants to sell themselves to another company, that's a transaction that's happening. And that's where we step in and we help them with the due diligence. And so there's many due diligence. We have a tax due diligence team. So they really just focus on what will the tax implications be from this transaction. Um, we have a commercial due diligence team. So they understand the commercial impact. Um, of, uh, should they continue with this deal? Should they not? Will they be able to improve their footprint or will they actually hurt some of their current portfolio companies they might already have? Um, and then so the group that I sit in, I sit in the financial due diligence. So I really focus on the first transaction. So like I mentioned, sometimes our client wants to sell and sometimes our client wants to buy. So I do both buy side and sell side client that comes to me. So I would either have a private equity client or have a corporate client come to me. So a corporate client will be a big big firm that we all know about and they say, okay, we have a department that we want to get rid of or there's a smaller firm out there in the market, really their job. So if we think about Walmart, they're not in the business of buying and selling as much as a private equity. That is exactly as they do buy and sell. Um, most part, most of my deals would be private equity. And private equity would be either buy side or sell side. Um, and so all that means is just if you think about the housing market and the broker dealer that helps you or the real estate agent who helps you buy and sell your house, that's essentially what I am. So my clients come to say, hey, company or in the real estate broker's environment, we want to buy this house. And then I help them um, understand. And, and what it is, what I specifically do is there's a 
many different components that goes into the purchase price and the valuation that they come up with to determine what this company should be worth. And obviously, they're going to go to the table and say, okay, much, and the person who wants to sell in this big negotiation going back and forth. Um, and so I help them with the negotiation part and I help them um, just with their financial, helping them say, okay, yes, this is a good number or no, that's not. So you get to use both your CPA licensure and your CFA in this role. Um, do you recommend, you know, other, do a lot of people in your department have both, um, you know, licensures as well, or are you a diamond in the rough? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be a little bit of both. Um, from what I do, you definitely need your CPA, so your accounting knowledge, because um, what we do is, so if for my client, private equity, they have identified a company in the market that they want to buy. So what that means is I'm doing a private equity buy site and we would call that company that they would want to buy, we call that the target. And so what is kind of exciting is I would go to the target and CEO and CFO because it's a confidential, right? Um, because once the deal is closed and it was successful, that's when it shows paper and that's when I share that newspaper article with all my friends and family and said I got to work on that and that's the exciting part but before that um, it's highly confidential so we really just work with the CEO and CFO and and then some of the financial departments um, when I do look at the financials I need to understand my with my accounting knowledge okay how are they manipulating these financial statements to make themselves look a little bit more profitable um, and manipulate that's a strong word, so maybe shouldn't even use that word. They are still following the accounting rules, but um, for those who have had some accounting background, you can sometimes maybe book your revenue a little bit earlier or a little bit later. Um, and so that's where I come in and I try to strip out anything that's abnormal. Maybe they just had a very, very good year, or especially with COVID, abnormally bad year. And so what we try to do is we come up, not come up, but um, obviously we try to normalize the earnings of the business. And we try to normalize the earnings of this target um, after having several commercial balance in each line item that goes into, into the numbers. And then we go back to our client and say, so this is what the company reported as the earnings. And these are all the adjustments that we're making to the report because of accounting rule XYZ or because this is considered a one-time event. It won't really happen again. And the adjusted earnings number is what we present to the client and say, okay, this number is what we think you should use trade with the company. But yeah, so for sure, I have to have my accounting knowledge. Uh, it's not required for what I do, but um, I definitely feel like it's helped me a lot um, when it comes to actually talking to the CFOs because they know that I'm talking and know what I'm talking about. Um, maybe and it's, it's not on a daily basis, but it does help every now and then when they throw out a new derivative term or they have some obscure product, financial product, and then I'm like, oh, yeah, I did study this. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I would say it's about 50-50 of our department actually have their CFAs, but it's not required. Um, CFA is certainly more if you want to go into the asset management world. And your answer there, one thing I noticed that uh, you mentioned was making adjustments uh, and, of course, having to utilize data to uh, deduce, deduct cert deduce certain decisions. Um, what... I would like to know is what is the biggest challenge that you faced regarding this most recent year, year and a half with regard to COVID? Because you mentioned COVID a little earlier. And so how did that affect you and your work group's ability to do their job? Yeah, for us ourselves, um, thankfully, I think we had one quiet month in March 
and then all of a sudden April, it's as if all our clients had nothing else to do but to buy and sell. <laughs> and so we're just starting getting clients from all over the world just asking, hey, can you do the due diligence on this target? Hey, we have discovered a new company we want to buy. Hey, can you look into this? Can you look into that? And so for the past 12 months, it is absolutely insane what has been happening. Um, we've been turning away all new clients and we're not accepting any new clients. And then we've been just increasing our fees. Um, and yet we are still getting people asking, hey, can you please do due diligence? Um, and it's funny because I would also talk to other friends who work at smaller firms and where they, they have tripled their fees and they are also starting to turn away new clients because they're getting the clients that we used to have. Look, Manatu, we definitely appreciate having you join us today. Uh, on the Collat Fam podcast and really just wanted to, before we wrap up, mention that uh, Ms. Mulman is going to also be here to speak to our Beta Alpha Psi students here at the Collat School of Business uh, in November. Uh, she'll be talking about not just herself and her career, but also uh, speaking about the CFA, uh, the Chartered Financial Analyst Certification. Uh, and then also in wrapping up, we wanted to mention to you students out there who would like to know more about uh, what we're doing here at Collat at the Accounting uh, and Finance Department. Uh, we encourage you to follow us on Facebook and our social media and continue to follow us and check us out. We have our student organizations such as our Financial Management Association, Data Alpha Psi, the Center for Public Trust, NABA, and also our Green and Gold Fund. So we have all these wonderful organizations. We encourage you to come out, start networking with us here at the Class School of Business. But once again, we want to thank you, Ms. Mulman, for joining us here today. And it was a pleasure. Fantastic. And so with that, Collat fam, we're going to sign off. Thanks to the Regents Institute for Financial Education here at Collat and also the Collat School of Business Department of Accounting and Finance. I'm your co-host, Savante Metcalf, and also for my co-host, Marina Messina, we're signing off. Go Blazers! <laughs>